Once again, ladies and gentlemen, geeks and geekettes, this is Seth, a.k.a. Zandrax, the mayor of Geekville and the host of Geekville Radio, coming at you with a new show here. We're going to talk a good chunk of Marvel this time around. We're going to talk Agatha Harkness. We're going to talk Adam Warlock being cast, the Hawkeye trailer, and then we will wind it up with a little bit of a Halloween theme, talking the new Muppets Haunted Mansion special on Disney+. And once again, I don't have to do it alone. Joining me from a... Nice, thick forest area in South Kakalaki. Crazy train, Jonathan Bullock. All aboard, ladies and gentlemen. Let me correct you. It's a nice forested area in North Carolina. I'm in North Kakalaki tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Got a good little little clip away from the asylum tonight. Once again, that kind of explains the lack of uh, quality to the, to the audio. I think it's still good, but you heard it in our last episode with a nostalgia trip. We talked to Adam's family. Unfortunately, when I have to do this through my phone and not through my computer, the audio quality goes down a little bit, but we haven't heard any complaints yet, so I'm not going to worry about it too much. But yeah, I'm, I'm just over the border in North Kakalaki. We don't have a Camp Crystal Lake in North Carolina or South Carolina, even though I'm wearing one of my mini Camp Crystal Lake shirts tonight. We just don't. But we do have mountains, ladies and gentlemen. I, I know that's shocking for a lot of people that there are mountains in the South, but yes, there are. You've been down here a couple times. You know this already, don't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so anyway, in, in case there does happen to be helicopter and dog noises, we'll know what's happening. We'll, we'll know mm-hmm. that you might have been found. Well, yeah, it might have been found, but I'm not going to say I'm Jason Voorhees, but I'm really good at disappearing in the woods. I've scared many of people I know. They're like, you're this big, loud dude, but you can move really quiet when you want to. I was raised hunting. I, I, I can be quiet when I need to be. But getting down to the news here, as we kind of teased with that opening stinger, according to Variety, I will have the story linked in the show notes at geekoradio.com slash 295. Variety reports that there is an spinoff series starring Agatha Harkness, of course, played by Catherine Hahn, and that will be a follow-up to WandaVision that will be run by Jack Schaefer, who helmed WandaVision. She actually signed a contract this year, I think it was a multi-year Ooh. contract with Marvel, and that'll be one of the follow-ups. It's going to have some dark comedy in it, but the exact details aren't revealed yet. And let's face it, it'd be hard to do a WandaVision Season 2 since the whole gimmick was recreating sitcoms for the first three or four episodes. I don't know if you had any opinion on right. it, but people have been talking about a Season 2, and I'm like, they would be hard to do that. I, for me, it'd be hard to do because I think they were just, the story they were trying to tell with that one was, what had happened to Vision and Wanda post the blip, as they like to call it. I still call it the snap of doom myself, right? Mm-hmm. And it kind of really did that. And I think they just wanted to, prog- it was meant to be one of the early chapters in revealing phase four. And I think it did that. And I think they've dangled the carrot and we saw Wanda with the dark hole. We saw her fully embrace her, the full potential of her powers. We saw white vision. I don't know where you can go with that personally unless it goes into movie that's just me though well we know for a fact that wanda is going to be in in the next doctor strange they set that up perfectly in my opinion right right and it it is believed that the reason for agatha coming back will be explained in doctor strange and the multiverse of madness 
And I think mm-hmm. pretty much everybody across the board loved Catherine Hahn's portrayal. It's unrelated to Marvel oh, here, exactly. but it, it's been announced that she will actually be playing Joan Rivers in a biographical series. Now, I think she'll be perfect for that. And I'm sure if oh, uh, yeah. Joan Rivers is still alive, she probably would have signed off on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, her daughter's still around. She's pretty active on social media. I'm pretty sure she'll have her opinion one way or the other, you know? Yeah. So no real target date for that, but I'm sure it's probably not going to be next year. I'm thinking it's probably 2023 before we oh, see that. Oh, well, you got so many that are already slated to, to come out, you know, mm-hmm. Disney Plus stuff, I would think. And if you're just hearing about it now, you got to figure at, at, at best it's in what, pre-production? Right, right. I, I don't think it's... There's been any casting or anything about that. So, yeah, it's probably still putting pen to paper as far as what the heck are we doing? Yeah, what's the, they might have a rough idea of a concept, but, but as far as scripts go, I doubt they're even close to that yet. Well, also in the Marvel world, there is an announcement that we have finally got a cast for Adam Warlock, who will be in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And this is something we've been asking about pretty much since, I think, the first Guardians of the Galaxy. But it will be Will Poulter. Mm-hmm who will play Warlock. I believe he was the teenage son in We're the Millers. Is that the movie with Jason Sudeikis and Jennifer uh, Jen- Aniston? Jennifer Aniston, yeah. Where they're like, where they're yeah, like where they're the they get conned into, yeah, they get conned into mewling drugs for like a cartel in Mexico or something. Right, yeah. right, yeah. He's the son in that. And okay. currently he's on a Hulu series called Dope Sick with Michael Keaton and Rosario Dawson. So there's definitely some geek cred being spread around there between those two actors. Interesting to cast him because he's, I've always kind of, I don't know anything about Dope Sick, but from everything I've seen, including the the Miller's movie, he's always a comedic guy and kind of dorky looking. And Adam right. Warlock is not dorky looking. He's weird looking because he has yellow skin, mm-hmm. but they've already kind of introduced that concept with the look of the Sovereign in, in, in MCU. And the way they're, they're doing it in the Guardians movies is that they're the ones who are creating Adam, basically. We got that Easter egg of his pod, the Collector, which I think was in the first Guardian, or maybe that, yeah, that, or the, was it the post-credit scene, the Dark World, when they take the Ether to the Collector. I can't remember which one. Mm-hmm. But then, right. of course, he is the mid-credit scene. His pod is the mid-credit scene for Guardians Volume 2. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I think, I I think that's where they Adam. first use his name. Is what maybe. Aisha said. Yeah, she right. said, well, I don't call him Adam. what Aisha said. So, yeah, we talked about how were they going to do any version of the Infinity Saga without Adam Warlock, and they pulled it off. So he's, he's a little late to the party, if you ask me, but I'm a big fan of Adam Warlock. For those that don't know, in the comics, Adam, he has the Soul Stone, I think, isn't it? No, he still so. has the Mind Stone in his head, not Vision, correct? Yeah, I think that's so the case. I know, actually, he, I know he's got one of the stones in his head. It might, be, it might have been the Soul, the soul Gem. But, right, uh, it, was one of the, it was one of the gems. But he actually, in the comics, is, is in possession of one of the, one of the Infinity Gems. So that's going to be interesting to see how. And he's a, I wouldn't say he's as powerful as Superman, but he's darn near close to it, isn't he? Oh, yeah, but he, and most of his stuff is energy-based, because I remember I had him every so often in the Overpower game. And I want to say, right. out, of a, out of a maximum of eight, I want to say he was a seven, as far as his energy powers. So I mean, he's... Um, he, He's a heavy hitter. He's mm-hmm. on, if you're talking Marvel power, he's on level with Hulk, Thor, yeah, Ghost you could Rider. Call, you could call that him level. that, that kind of cosmic level. Silver Surfer. So I'll be interested to see how, how much they play up his power set or they pull it back a little bit. Because I think so far, I, I've never asked you this before, so I'm, I hate putting you on the spot here live as a recording. How do you feel that the Marvel people have done overall at 
over-empowering, underpowering, or they kind of hit the mark when it's gone to most of the major characters. I, I think they've done pretty well when it comes to depiction. I mean, obviously, there's going to be inaccuracies. There's going to be things that don't match up with what's happened in the comics, but mm-hmm. I'm not really that picky when it comes to stuff like that. I, I think for what we could expect Adam to be shown uh, on the screen is as far as something to match him up with on the screen would probably be, be like Captain Marvel level. I think somebody like that. Right. I think the only character that I've had any issues with, I think they've overpowered him a little bit for the for the movies, was Peter Quill. Mm-hmm. Not that he's not a badass in the comics, he is. It's just that he's a little more over, he's a little more OP in the movies than he is in the comics. But I think they did a good job of explaining that away because the movie origins is he's a son of ego, where mm-hmm. he his father is just an alien that gets impregnates an Earth woman. Right. So yes, he has different DNA and he's more powerful than a regular Earthling, but he's not as powerful as the one we see in the movie. But like I said, they kind of explain that away. But the whole by the way, his dad is celestial. So right. yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And the last thing as far as Marvel goes here, I know it's been a couple of weeks, but we haven't had a show since then, uh, the Hawkeye trailer. I really liked what I saw. I, I made the joke uh, before we went on the air here that it might be kind of Marvel's version of Die Hard as a Christmas movie, meaning it's not going to be a series about Christmas. It's going to be an action series that takes place around Christmas. And it looks like it'll play <laughs> off his time as uh, Ronan, because it seems like that's where, right. where the bad guys are coming from. Sure. And it might be one of those things where... Every action, ha- every action has its consequence. He mm-hmm. might be no longer Ronan. It might be post blip, and he's accepted Natasha's death and and Tony's death and everything like that. But you don't take out as many high level organized criminals as he did as Ronan, and not make a few enemies. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. He's got some enemies in high places that are going to be coming for him. Right. Exactly. I mean, we only get to see that one scene where he takes out all those Yakuza guys when Scarlet. You know, Black Widow talks him into coming back. But there is also that other scene where Rhodey tells Black Widow, you should have seen this scene where these cartel members down in Mexico didn't even have time to get their weapons out. Right. So you're kind of led to believe he's been hopping around for the five years after the snap, just taking out high-level organized crime left and right all over the globe. I mean, he's a former high-level shield agent. He would have the ability to know where these people are. Right. Right. You're, you're talking basically somebody with the arrow proficiency of green arrow and the fighting ability on par with somebody exactly. like cap. And he's got shield stuff that he has access to. So yeah, that, he that, and espionage and Intel and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, it was, if, if that's the road that he wants to go down as a road, well, the shield is only hell shields not even existing when infinity gauntlet thing starts because they've already become Hydra and all that. But, that doesn't mean he's a deep, he's a deep level spy. He has his contacts, you know? Right. Right. Absolutely. Are you looking forward to the dynamic of him as a mentor to a younger up and coming hero? I think so. I mean, it, it looks definitely like that. Like he's going to be kind of the passing of the torch or I guess of the, uh, what, what would you say? The arrow. bow, <laughs> the flaming um, arrow. <laughs> right. Cause it does look like they're going to make Kate Bishop an A-lister. And I mean, really, I, I forget the actress now that's that's playing Gabe Bishop, but she's got several movies under her belt now. So she's not somebody that is, is a part timer in Hollywood, you might say. She's been around for a, a while. She's not a newcomer. And it would not surprise me if they start to phase him out and 
kind of put her more front and center. Not like she's going to be the big three, like how we're we're kind of talking about how Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, and maybe Spidey will be like the the big uh, three that are revolved around. But I, I fully expect Kate Bishop's going to be making a regular appearances in the in the MCU from here on right. out. Well, I think we've already got a kind of an example of Jeremy Renner in that particular role, because that's very similar to the dynamic between him and Wanda, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think I've mentioned it before, Jeremy Renner, I mean, all of us, to be honest, both, all the actors that they have are really, really good. They don't go get scrubs, okay? But Jeremy Renner particularly is really good at playing off of female co-leads, and we see three separate types of dynamics that he can have. He has the mentor father figure with him and Wanda. He has the loving husband and father with Linda Cardellini and his wife, Laura. And he has the best friend compatriot with, with Scarlett Johansson as Natasha. So he can mm-hmm. do very different kinds of dynamics as a leading man with another leading lady. So I, I think we're going to go down and similar what we saw him go down with Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda, as this mentor father figure. And to me, I know Age of Ultron is, is usually crapped on as one of the, the lesser MCU movies. I think that is one of the strong suits of that movie is the dynamic between Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen and the development of Hawkeye kind of helping Scarlet Witch realize her potential and to become a hero. So yeah, yeah, I agree. We see that dynamic again, which I, I think we will. I'm all for it. I was a fan of it already. Absolutely. So we only got about six weeks to wait. I think it's uh, the 24th of November is when that's going to drop. We'll definitely be checking that out. Right around Thanksgiving. I think it's the night before Thanksgiving, isn't it? That it drops. I believe it is. Yeah. So uh, it's it'll definitely be uh, watched as soon as it's available in this household. So, all right. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna take a quick break, and we come back. We'll dive into Muppets World, and we're gonna review Muppets Haunted Mansion since it is October. It is Halloween season. And we love getting into the Halloween spirit here at Geekville Radio, so we will be right back. Attention all Time Lords and Ladies. This message is being sent by Lady President Romana and the High Council of Gallifrey. Geekville Radio presents Examining the Doctor. Join Mark and Seth as they bring their signature blend of knowledge and humor about everybody's favorite Time Lord, the Doctor. From Hartnell to Whitaker, Examining the Doctor provides episode commentaries for favorite and not-so-favorite Doctor Who stories. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, GeekGoRadio.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. All right, we are back here, and we're going to dive into Muppets Haunted Mansion in a second. But I do want to take a moment to let people know, since we do have to kind of make the obligatory Doctor Who reference in every episode here, that after Mark and I are done with Genesis of the Daleks, the next story that we're going to do will also be Tom Baker. We're going to dive into Horror of Fang Rock, which is a pretty popular story from the mid-70s. And obviously the name Horror of Fang Rock fits with with uh, Halloween. And we'll probably somewhere around in their talk special that's going to come out for Halloween this year, which will be the, the next uh, Jodie Whittaker adventure, because there's actually going to be a Doctor Who Halloween special this year. So with all that Doctor Very Who cool. out of the way here... Uh, Train, we both saw Muppets Haunted Mansion today, really mm-hmm. right before we got on here. And this is available on Disney+. Plus. If you're a Disney Plus subscriber, you have access to it. And uh, let me wave the spoiler tag here, since we are going to dive into spoilers. <laughs> Heavy spoilers, probably. Spoiler alerts. Spoiler alerts. 
Spoiler hole has been breached. Spoiler hole has been breached. So we watched Muppet. So we watched Muppet Haunted Mansion. And I think the best way I could describe this is it really did feel like one of the specials that might have come on, say, ABC, like the week before Halloween or something like that. And that type of thing, like back in the day, you know, in the 80s and 90s, before all the cable and streaming services were around, how it was, there was like the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and all Mm, that. Garfield Halloween. It had that vibe to it. And obviously kids these days, they'll never understand. But back in the day when, if you weren't there to see it, when it aired on TV, you didn't see it. This would have been one of those things that had it been on back in the day and I missed the first five minutes, I'd feel like my day was ruined. I liked it that much. (laughs) Yeah. Obviously, I'm I'm an unabashed fan of Muppets. I think most kids are, or not kids anymore, most people our age group are because it was such a popular variety show that was family-friendly and geared towards kids when we were kids. Mm -hmm. So I love the Muppets. I think Jim Henson is one of the most creative people of the last 100 years in entertainment. He was truly a genius in his own way. And shocker of all shockers, as a guy who hosts a podcast called Examining the Dead, my favorite ride at Disney theme parks is the Honda Mansion. <laughs> I know that's a, that's a, you know, it clutched the pearls moment for a lot of our listeners that that's my favorite ride. So you combine the two of those, you have Vietalo. Yeah, come yeah. on. So Absolutely. Uh, I thought this was just extremely well done. Yeah, I have never actually been to the Haunted Mansion ride. I think the last time I was at any Disney uh, place, I was like five or six. I have like vague memories. Uh-huh. I was around Disneyland around 2015 when I went to the, the Star Wars convention, but it just wasn't in right. my budget and wasn't in, in my time to go there. I mm. think, But sooner or later, I'll, I'll make it there because I love theme parks too. But like like you had said about it being uh, Halloween and it being Muppets, I think you can guess, even if it, you didn't already know, you can probably guess who my favorite Muppet is. It's Gonzo. So Gonzo being front and center here, I'm okay with. My favorite personally is Ralph the Dog, who mm-hmm. has a bit role in this, but all the major players from the Muppets are in it. And mm-hmm. it has a pretty good supporting cast of well-known actors and actresses and celebrities. And where I think I liked it the most was you're not that intimately knowledgeable about the Honda Mansion, the ride. I am. Mm-hmm. I have dissected it and, and watched documentaries on it. When the first time I went to Disney World, I think I was seven or eight years old. We were living in Louisiana and we drove to Florida to go. And I loved it so much that I, my parents bought me in the gift shop. Remember those old books that had the little 45 records you could play oh, yeah. and, and, and they would ding, chime to turn the page? Oh, yeah. I had a Star Wars one that I wore out. Right. I had a lot of it. The one I watched the most is the one we bought the gift shop, the Haunted Mansion after the ride, which was about the Haunted Mansion ride. And as, and, and, and as I've become an adult, I know a lot about the history of the Haunted Mansion. It was one of those rides that was one of Walt's brainchild. He wanted it from the get-go. It was one of the earliest rides built at Disneyland, the first park, with the exception of now during the Christmas season with them owning Jack Skellington, The Nightmare Before Christmas. And so that theme taking over, it's one of the few rides that has changed very little over the very little. And some of the earliest magic, I say that in air quotes, that Imagineers created was some of the effects that they did in the Haunted Mansion. And I can say being a fan of the Muppet Show and knowing how the format was for the old Muppet Show from when we were kids, 
they perfectly blended all the gags from that show with the actual ride and with the what you the the what you go through in the ride. Every one of the big set pieces and and the haunted mansion was involved in this special. From the, the ghostly bus singing grim grinning ghosts in the graveyard, the Darren Chris cameo as the undertaker with the with the scared dog that is a character right out mm-hmm. of the ride the three hitchhikers at the end of it those are big part of the ride stout statler and waldorf were in a real doom they do d-o-o-m buggy which mm-hmm. are the the people were rooms that you ride in and what they call them the stretching room which is the entrance way the the hallway with the pictures that change all the the endless hallway the ballroom with the da- the ghostly dance scene, the the, the, the hat box ghost. Yeah. Uh, Taraji B. Henderson as the bride, the Compton Hathaway or Hatchaway. These are all characters and all like make if you're a big fan of on a mansion like me, you know all this stuff. And they have it all in there, but they incorporate the Muppets to do it. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I didn't recognize some of those actors actresses because I obviously like I said, I would never actually been on the ride. I did hear though that the woman that came in to kind of dusts up piggy and the uh crystal ball like she's part of the ride as well i think oh that's madame madame leota she yeah. is one of the one of the one of the major set pieces when you're about eh, three quarters of the way through the ride after you leave the scene of the ghost dancing in the ballroom you go to the upper stairs and there is a there's a seance going on and it is a woman called madame leota and she's just a head inside a crystal ball they cast miss piggy is that Mm-hmm. When the last scene you have actually inside the mansion is you go up to the attic and that's where the scene is with the bride with Compton Hatchaway. It was like I said earlier, portrayed by Taraji P. Anderson and this and did a good job with the little side story with Pepe. Mm-hmm. And, and that's probably the creepiest scene in Haunted Mansion because it is a Disney ride for kids. But you basically go out the window in your doom buggy and down into the cemetery on your way out and off the ride. Well, that's exactly what they do in the special. When Gonzo and Pepe fly out the window out of the attic, that's the ride. Mm-hmm. It is the ride. I love how they incorporated the old skit they would do on The Muppet Show, where they would have, like, the ballroom dancing with the Lawrence Welk music and, and, and the couple telling jokes. They did that here, except they made the dance be the Muppets as ghost figures in the, ghost, the ballroom ghost dance. Mm-hmm. You know? I thought yeah. that was very clever. A little trivia for people. I think it's the one at Disneyland, but it might be the one at Disney. But the uh, the the way that effect is is actually done in the in, on the ride is the old pepper box. This is a trick that illusionists used back in the 1800s. It has to do with forced perspective and back backlighting and projecting onto a mirror to give it a, so the reflection is ghostly. That's how that effect is created on the ride. And you are up elevated when you ride on your doom buggy through that scene in the Haunted Mansion. And then all the ghosts come in and the pepper box effects kick in. Well, there's a big sheet of glass that you don't really realize is there as part of the effects as your dune buggy drives by. Well, sometime back in the late 60s, early 70s, somebody brought a gun onto the ride and yeah. tried to shoot the glass. And it splintered or spidered out. And the sheet of the glass that they, that they had to bring in to make this effect work were massive, and they and they could only do it when they originally built the the, the ride because they had to do it while the roof wasn't on the building and have it lowered in by a crane. And they were trying that they were trying to figure out how were they going to fix this crack in the glass. 
And some smart Imagineer said, we don't need to fix it. It looks like a spider. We just dress it up on the glass and people, there's a spider on the glass as they're riding by. What's more fitting than a spider on glass in a haunted house, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That's how smart the Imagineer, you know, they, right. those, those guys are on another level of creativity in my opinion. Now, as far as the ride, was there that uh, MacGuffin magician? Because it smacked me in the face. No, that one's completely the Will Arnett character. Mm -hmm. Yes, we said Will Arnett, the voice of Batman and Lego. Yes, that Will Arnett. (laughs) Yeah. You kind of saw that twist ending coming. Yeah, as soon as as I saw him show up as the host, not that I claim to be smart or anything, but as soon as when I heard, Oh, the mystery of this MacGuffin guy, and here's the host. Oh, yeah, you're 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 a MacGuffin, aren't you? But I just thought it was hilarious that the character's name was MacGuffin. Who was the you know, his, his, his side his sidekick was Red Harry. Yeah. Who was the last <laughs> old literally talking red? I thought that was one. That's more Muppet sense of humor. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. So, that and uh, Swedish yeah, Chef uh, uh, chasing a live pumpkin with a chainsaw. I mean, that's about as Muppets as you can get. Yeah, that was hilarious. That was <laughs> I, I died laughing that scene. My probably my other favorite scene I died laughing the hardest at is was when Sweetums was pushing him on the cart down mm-hmm. the other hallway, yeah. which is like another iconic scene from the Haunted Mansion. But yeah. no, he is not. He's not a character. Oh, what is his name? I just went blank. the 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 original concept for the ride from Walt was because he wanted to make it family friendly. Was this was a how a mansion that had one thousand and one happy ghosts. Mm. It was like. It's where they reside. So they, that theme of you could get trapped in it, but Gonzo being the first to escape his fears and, and not have to stay there forever is very much in, in line with the mythology of the ride itself. But in, in the ride, the, the stretching room, the scene where he tings them in and the room starts stretching and it reveals mm-hmm. the paintings, the full paintings, that actually is very iconic. When you come in off the queue on the ride, they bring a bunch of the guests through and it actually was part of the idea when they created the ride to make the queue interactive and make it move faster. Mm-hmm. And it, it's very it's part of the script. You know it if you've ridden the ride a lot of times. It's a big round room and your ghost host, who he is kind of portraying, Will Arnett is, as the MacGuffin character, they'll lead you in and their line is always, will everyone please step to the dead center of the room? You know, with an emphasis dead on center, the word right? dead. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so the way that trick works on the ride is if the, as it starts stretching, they didn't show the full thing. Mm-hmm. They alluded to it later on when Gonzo is trying to get to the attic to save Pepe. But the way it works on the ride is they kind of explained to you in that room, they're die- they'll say, we're dying for you to stay. They, the only way you can stay is to die yourself, and then you can stay there as a ghost. There's always room for another, even though there are a thousand and one already. But as the room stretches, the lights go out, and then there's special effects of like a lightning flash. And if you look up at the top of the stretching room, you'll see the silhouette of a guy who's hung himself from the rafters. And he was the last guest, and he decided he wanted to stay. And then when the lights come back on, a panel opens, and they show that in, in the bucket. A panel opens, and then that leads to the second part of the interactive queue, which is where you go down the hallway. You see the paintings that there's flashes of lightning, and the paintings change. So, like evil stuff and, mm-hmm. and scary stuff. So, that's right out of the ride. The only thing he didn't say was, please step to the dead center of the room, which is for Haunted Mansion marks like me, that's one of our favorite things because everybody says it. I, I've even seen like video of like Euro Disney at, at the Disney Japan with subtitles, and it's what they say in French and Japanese. That is, 
one of the things, like I said, this is a ride that has not changed much, and it's what mm-hmm. it's almost sixty year history now. Yeah, so, imagine the technology is updated, but the the basic story is probably the same. But they still use the pepper box effect mm-hmm. for that one scene. And like I said, this is an effect that illusionists were using in the 1800s. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Right, right. But you're right. You're the Madame Leota, Miss Piggy, the jumping out of the window at the end. There's so much stuff in there. If you're very intimately knowledgeable about the ride, like I am, mm-hmm. and you also are very knowledgeable about Buffett and what their format was, and you are, because I know you grew up watching the Muppets like I did. It was the perfect integration of the two. And I thought it was a cute mm-hmm. story. And it's only like, what, 45 minutes long? Right, right. It, it probably could have been fit into an hour special with commercials on TV. Right, exactly. Obviously, I'm jaded. Rose-colored glasses, huge fan of the ride, huge fan of, of the Muppets. So it's got you know, peanut butter, chocolate. What's what they're mm-hmm. not to love, right? And with Reese, right. It's the same type of thing. Right. But for, for a person like me, but I think for you, you're a guy who's not even that intimately knowledgeable about the Honda Mansion like I am, but you still really enjoyed it, didn't you? Yeah. Obviously, there was a lot in the backgrounds. The backgrounds are almost entirely CGI'd, so much that we take it for granted. If you know mm-hmm. what to look for, mm-hmm. you can see how all the backgrounds were fake. But things like Gonzo's nose shriveling as he aged, quote unquote, I thought was was kind of funny. Yeah. This would have been perfect. I mean, I know he would have been over 100 years old, but if like it, if Vincent Price were still with us, he would have been a perfect addition to this. Oh, yeah, all the Disney parks, it's the Haunted Mansion, except for Euro Disney, where it's called Phantom Man- Mansion. And Vincent Price did the voiceover in English in the queue area. And then they removed it and had some famous French actor reread the lines and re-record the lines in French. And there was such an uproar, they went back to the Vincent Price. <laughs> so, yeah. But did you notice during the closing credits, you saw them throughout the, the show, the wallpaper that when you got real close, it wasn't flowers on the old wallpaper. It was actually like like ghostly, like faces screaming and stuff. Right, right, yeah. Did you notice that? That actually is straight out of the ride. That That is the set piece for the hallway scene on all the rides across all Disney theme parks. You can actually buy wrapping paper and real wallpaper at the Disney store that is just like that. Yeah. And the way it's drawn this is back in the 60s, it was before CGI. It still has that 3D effect, just the way it's drawn, that optical illusion. I have a roll of that wrapping, but probably doesn't surprise yeah. anybody. But <laughs> uh, you you have to be really, really, really special for Crazy Train to wrap your present that stuff because I, I, I hoard it like, I, I don't want to ever that, off that roll of wrapping paper to be completely used up. I think this might go down as one of Ed Asner's final roles because he was one of the ghosts. It uh, has that, that to be. Him. Yeah, yeah. Has to be. The one that shocked me when I was watching the credits, and I just didn't catch him originally, when they're doing the scene, which is actually in reverse order, they do it at the beginning of the movie instead of where the ride is at the end of the ride, where you have the ghostly bus on top of the tombstone, singing, grin, grinning ghost. One of the bus is Pat Sajak. Did yeah. you notice that? Yeah, I credits. didn't catch that until the credits. Yeah. And that is actually at the end of the ride, but they have it at the beginning of the movie. For those that are following my musical posts on my personal Facebook page, where I'm posting a different Halloween music every day for the next 31 days, A Grim Getting Ghost is my second post. And that is the theme to the Haunted Mansion. And it is played in different times, different arrangements throughout the ride. Sometimes it's instrumental. But the, the big payoff is the, the graveyard scene at the end where you actually have the singing bus like that on the ride. And the original recording, which they still use in both the, the Disneyland and Disney World, the lead vocalist is Thurl Ravenscroft. 
Tony the Tiger, the vo- the singing voice of the Grinch and the old mm-hmm. Mother Grinch. That that girl, Graham Croft. One of the best pure baritone bass voices I think ever existed. Just a great, silky, smooth bass voice. But I noticed as a musician, I noticed these things. They did in the in the show, like they do in the ride. They they played the Grim Gritting Ghost theme throughout in different keys, always a minor key, but in different keys in a different way. Sometimes they'd have the vocals, sometimes but be just in the middle. But then they incorporated it with the Muppet Show song that had been transposed down into a minor key. Did you notice that? I didn't think it was the Muppets at first, probably because it was turned into a minor key. But yeah, I noticed. I was like, well, that sounds familiar. It's like they'd taken a riff from and it or something. That's what it was. Yeah. That's what they did. That, that's what they did. I noticed that right away. I was like, oh my gosh, they've incorporated Grim Rooting Ghost with the Muppet Show theme, but they've transposed it down to a minor key. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that unless you're like a geek, music geek like me, you don't catch. But like you said, you heard it. And so you're, I guess at a subconscious level, you realize, oh, okay, I should know this. Yeah. yeah. And, and there is kind of a whole, I don't know if subgenre is the word, but you can find them on YouTube and such where people take happy songs and then put them in a minor key and all of a sudden they sound scary. Right. Uh, one know. of my favorites is the actual reverse of that. They'll take like, you know, a death metal band like Cannibal mm-hmm. Corpse and re-record their songs, like they call them the Disney version. They're like in happy, poppy sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody did that my favorite... for, yeah. they call it Vader's Redemption. They took the Imperial March and put it into major key, and it just sounds so happy and bouncy. Yeah, my, my favorite I think I've ever heard, and they actually take a video of Cannibal Corpse doing it live, but put the, the Disney version of it, song by them called Hammer Smash Face. <laughs> so can you imagine the clown whose title is Hammer Smash Face with happy sounding right, right. and not Corpse Crowder's death growl. But yeah, uh, it's, yeah. those are always and, fun. And for simplicity, I, all you need to do is just take Jingle Bells and put in a minor key and it sounds scary. <laughs> right, right, exactly. But another one that was really big, I alluded to it earlier, Bozzy Bear, who I know is a big time fan favorite. I, I, mm-hmm. I would bet, knowing you said Bozzy's probably your second favorite yeah, character. Second, maybe Don third. Though, right? Yeah, he, he's up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was that monster, which is another one of the more creepy things from the actual ride mm-hmm. that is iconic. Where it, And it's one of these weird effects that, that has been changed over the years as technology has improved. But like Madame Leota and the Crystal Ball, has, they've changed that as technology has improved. Sometimes they've had to change it because the technology sometimes didn't work or broke down all the time. But he's this ghoulish-looking character with a top hat on and like an old deer stalker cloak like Sherlock Holmes would wear and he's holding a hat box in his hand and his head will disappear off of his torso and reappear glowing inside his hat box but the hat will still be up there think like the gentleman ghost from DC comics where mm-hmm. it's just the hat flying and there's no head and then it will reappear back on his on his head again well that was fought and bear they kept doing that gag so and, of course, part of the gag is that Fozzie's completely oblivious to the fact that he's uh, a disembodied head. Then his head is disappearing and then it's reappearing in that. Yeah, exactly. And, I, I mean, once again, taking an old trope from the, the Muppet show, the, they do the scene where Fozzie is an old-time vaudevillian stand-up comic getting booed over his bad jokes. Well, they do right. that again. They just do it as ghosts. Yeah. And <laughs> he does the hat box guy, you know? Very quickly for Fozzie, because I don't want to take things off too too far but i think one of my favorite gags it might have been muppet babies but it, it, it was fozzy trying to do a bit with animal and he was trying to tell the joke but animal was going off script and i think as animal was hungry and he wanted dinner 
And so Fozzie sets it up. What do you call a kangaroo in Scotland? An animal just goes, dinner. Yeah. And when you're, when you're five, six years old, that's hysterical. Well, even in my 40s, it's oh, still, yeah. it's still yeah. funny, but it's just like especially so when I was that, that young. That's hysterical. Like I said, Ralph the Dog's my favorite. My second favorite mm-hmm. is the entire Dr. Keith and the Electric, yeah. whatever the Electric <laughs> Orchestra or whatever. Yeah, like, Electric Mayhem. Yeah, Electric Mayhem. How do they use them as ghosts? I love the myth. Yeah, you know? perfect. I, yeah. Can you picture that from the original Buppet movie? Mm-hmm. I know everybody loves Rainbow Connection. That's my favorite song from that soundtrack. And I mean, having lived in Louisiana, for a little while in New Orleans and being a jazz fan, you can definitely see Dr. John was an inspiration for Dr. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, there, there's, there's no way to avoid that. When I first saw uh, Dr. Because obviously I remember Dr. John because he did the, the, the Popeye's theme for the, the, the chicken restaurants. Right. And, right. and well, it was like, well, let's Louisiana chicken. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and when I first saw him, because it was around the time that that riff had started. And of course, I was smart enough, even as a kid, to go like, okay, this guy's older. And then I see Dr. Teeth and I'm just like, okay, was one the inspiration for the, <laughs> for the other? <laughs> yeah, once we get, well, yeah, once we got the other, yeah. I, I just, I don't know. Can you picture that is actually on one of my playlists on fairly regular rotation? When you rock Aurora Borealis with Dallas, how clever is that? Come on. And that whole scene where they paint the car like totally psychedelic, keeping it out. For, oh, yeah. For Fozzie and Kermit. It's one of my favorite scenes in the Buffin. That's another one that might actually, somewhere down the line, need to be nostalgic trip. The Buffin movie. Yeah. <laughs> or just yeah, the Buffin in general. <laughs> but back to uh, Haunted Mansion, probably mm-hmm. the biggest star that was the cameo was probably the John Stamos thing, which I thought was done perfectly. That was funny. Yeah. That was so funny. And, although they did have yeah. Danny Trejo for about five seconds. I think that's the second Muppet thing that Danny Trejo's done, because wasn't he in the... What? The... the I think yeah. it was in the last one, the he last was theatrical in, what one. Was that? The, the last movie they did? What was the last movie they did? Because it was the one with uh, Ricky Gervais as the bad guy, and they had the lookalike Kermit. Right, right. You know, Constantine. Right, right. <laughs> well, I think Taraji P. Anderson's pretty big. I mean, she won, what, two or three Emmys for Empire, so. Okay, then and where it, I saw her from, yeah, okay. Well, no offense, Seth, I don't think Empire's the kind of show you're going to watch. <laughs> no, no, but I, I know a few gals that like that show, soul, so. and Soul is not really your kind of music. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, her and Danny Trejo, and you're right, probably John Stamos. But like I said, there's Pat Sajak, Darren Chris, Event mm-hmm. Nicole Brown, Will Arnett. Event Nicole Brown was on uh, Community. That was a big hit. But that was okay. an ensemble. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. Chevy Chase being the big name star on it. But that, that pretty much made Joel McHale, didn't it? And, and let's be honest, Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, that was his first foray into acting. So that kind of put him on the map as an actor. Mm-hmm. I mean, up to then, we just knew him as a rapper. And the fact that you've got that Nicole Brown on there, that kind of was her start, too. She's right. a big horror fan. That, that The Talking Dead, the show, I think they still do it. After Walking Dead, where they have the celebrity panel, like one member of the cast on to talk about that night's episode. Mm-hmm. She's on there a lot. She's a big time on And she has Marvel crossovers. She had that cameo. And you know, when Cap and Tony go back to the 70s, Camp Lehigh, remember, she's the one that, oh, okay. that kind of spills the beans to the MPs. So mm-hmm. to see her in something like this, having already had good ties at Disney, I wasn't shocked. She was a chauffeur driver that drove right. Gonzo and Pepe. Now, I don't remember. Pepe was not a big or even around when we were kids, was he? He's right, a fairly yeah, newer creation. Yeah, he he came along, I want to say, in the 90s or maybe maybe 2000s in one of the movies. that it, the main thing oh, okay. I think they had him doing for this was he kept referring to the rich people's room. And of course, then they eventually had a door marked famous people's rooms or something like that. 
And that was where John Stamos was. Yeah, John Stamos was the only one in there. (laughs) How do you refer to John Stamos? He's like, you're amazingly handsome. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Which John Stamos is one of those guys who I'm jealous of because he seems to be one of those guys, the older he gets, the more sexy and good looking he gets to women. Yeah, he's kind of got that Brad Pitt vibe to him. Yeah, he's got the Tom Selleck, Harrison Ford, Denzel Washington thing working. We're like, oh, he was really good looking when he was younger, but he's really, really good looking now that he's older. So, yeah. and yeah, hey, he, how many actors can say that the play with the Beach Boys on tour? Right. That's pretty impressive to me. Yeah, you, yeah. He, he might fall into that. He aged normal, normally until the age of 40, and he's just somehow managed to stay 40 ever yeah. since. Yeah. He's starting to show his age now, but yeah. if you were to watch John Stamos in like the early 2000s, or, or like, heck, even like the mid 2000s, he still looked like Uncle Jesse from Full House. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I know that Haunted Mansion had been made into a movie uh, in the early 2000s with Lady Murphy, which I think oh, they did that terrible. because of the success of Pirates of the Caribbean, because that was a ride. I'm just wondering, to kind of wrap up our talk here, could we get any other rides from Disney turned into movies? Because otherwise, could we get a Space Mountain movie? It doesn't have to have yeah. Ric Flair, but it'd be, <laughs> he'd be preferred. It would be nice. If I remember right, Haunted Mansion actually came out before Pirates, I think. It's Eddie Murphy. And that was in that period when Eddie was trying to do more family-friendly right. stuff. He well, he, he had a family of his own now. He, he was married and had a couple kids, right. and that does kind of rub That's off exactly on why, exactly why he did it. Because we grew up on Eddie Murphy as well, we were teenagers and middle schoolers as this very blue comic. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. In the 80s, he was the funniest fan a lot. He was the funniest yeah. fan of going in the 80s. Yeah. It was and, blue, and, but it was hilarious. Yeah, and people our age, we were just putting the cassette tapes into the Teddy Ruxpins and just laughing at it. Yeah, watching Teddy Ruxpin do, do yeah. the whole the whole bit, the whole <laughs> vulgar bit about the, the honeymooners having gay sex. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that yeah, it was terrible, and I was really disappointed because I was looking so full of that movie because I am such a big and longtime fan of the ride, and I think they corrected themselves with Pirates of the Caribbean. They hadn't really figured out yet, and Unfortunately, Haunted Mansion was like down their test run on how do we turn something that's actually our own original creation that is just a ride at one of our parks into a movie. Mm-hmm. And honestly, to be honest with you, even as a horror fan who thinks that a story about a haunted house is ripe for storytelling, because of the historical nature of pirates, there's just a lot more to play around with. And I'm not detracting anything from Eddie Murphy as an actor. He's going to go down as, you know, one of the greatest comedic minds of, of our time. He's going to go down as an A-lister. But you had said off mic, you agreed that Johnny Depp and his portrayal of Jack Sparrow is really what made that work. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And, and so if you look at it, to stay on this before we wrap up, most of the rides at Disney World are the other way around. Most of the rides are based on the movies, mm-hmm. not they try to make a movie after they come up with a ride. One of my favorite rides after Haunted Mansion, which doesn't even exist anymore, was the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea ride, which, of course, is based on the Jules Ferns novel. But, mm-hmm. but you rode a, a, a real novelist and the Mad Hatter's Tea Party, which is the spinning teacups. There was the dark ride that was based on Peter Pan, the dark ride based on Mr. Toad, uh, half of the Ichabod Mr. Toad. So most of the rides are actually based on, heck, even the, the, the area of Frontierland like based on Davy Crockett, that was a, that was a TV show before it became you know that area in the park. The mm-hmm. old tale of Davy Crockett from the fifties with Seth Parker. Mm-hmm. So this was something new, and it kind of failed with Haunted Mansion, but they they got it right with 
with Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. It makes me wonder if this has a good response. Do you think it's possible they try to reboot Haunted Mansion with a different comedic actor and maybe it's possible. I mean, it is Disney. They'll remake anything. This is a company that had Cinderella 3 for crying out loud. But Yeah, one of my biggest loves as a child was more sci-fi than it was horror, but there were horror elements was Escape to Witch Mountain. Oh, yeah. When we were kids. Yeah, and then I they tried that. to remake it a few years ago with The Rock, and it was horrible. And The Rock yeah. even said, I shouldn't have done that. That was that was. Yeah. Although the latest Disney ride to get made into movies, Jungle Cruise, and that, that's like an unstoppable duo there, are The Rock and Emily Blunt um, in that movie. Right, right, um, right. And then, see, once again, though, I think they figured the formula out. Where they mm-hmm. failed with Haunted Mansion, they succeeded with, with and so now they kind of know what to do, and that's why that one's been a hit. Right. And I think Tomorrowland was another one, but that that, that was a few years back. Yeah, um, right. I think, and who was that? Was that Jude Law, two. maybe? Gosh, I'm, try, I'm trying to remember. No, no, no. I, no. I, oh, it was Clooney. George it was Clooney, Clooney, I think. George, yeah. George Clooney. And, you know, I don't think that was actually based on the Tomorrowland. I think that was actually based on a novel. A, a, like a, a kid's novel from the 30s or something. But I could be wrong. Correct mm-hmm. us if we're wrong in the, in the comments, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But overall, I'm, I'm assuming we're both giving this thumbs up and suggesting yep. for your Halloween viewing this month, it's worth the 45 minutes. If you've got oh, Disney yeah. Plus. Yeah. If I if I still have Disney Plus next year, I'll probably watch it uh, for around Halloween time next year. Heck, I may watch it to before Halloween this year I get, again. Again, so, before yeah. Halloween gets there, yeah. Right. I, 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 we're giving it a letter grade because, and I admit, I'm biased. I'm giving it an A plus. Oh yeah, it, yeah it I'll give it, the, it had all, yeah. it had all the marks it should have hit. And it, I don't care if you're a Muppet fan or if you're a Haunted Mansion fan, it hits the marks for all of us. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up here for this edition of Geekville Bro. Radio. We will be coming back sooner rather than later. I know it's been a while since we've had a show here, but we've been doing a lot of prepping for Halloween. So we're going to have a lot of Halloween team stuff. Although our next episode, we are going to be diving into DC territory because DC has their Fandome online convention this weekend as we record this on October 12th in the year of our Lord 2021. That'll be our next show. But we are doing a whole lot of Halloween stuff for this month. And Train, you've kind of been, uh, while you've been running through the uh, forest here in the Carolinas, you've kind of been handling a lot of the programming here. So what, what's some of the other stuff we have on tap here for uh, Halloween so themes? We've for... got, well, like you said, the next Geekville proper will be fandom DC. But we're also going to review the, the other Halloween theme special that dropped on Disney+, Plus, which is Star Wars Lego Terrifying Tales. So if you want to watch that before the next Geekville proper so you can kind of stay up with our review, feel more than welcome. Pretty sure we're going to delve heavy into spoilers in that one, too. But I'm, I'm trying to reach out to Uncle Greg Okaba up, up there in Zombieland, Pittsburgh. Have him on as a guest. We're going to induct our, our next inductee into the lesser-known Geek Hall of Fame. That'll be coming up soon. And I know Seth enjoys laying those little breadcrumbs along social media right before we drop it. So I will reveal what the inductee is going to be. But mm-hmm. if it's any clue, we're looking to get Uncle Greg on that show as so uh, that one's coming up. We will have an Examine the Dead the next week or so. We're going to review the Fear Street trilogy from Netflix that dropped this summer. We're going to talk body horror. And there's a lot of news going on in the horror world. The Chucky series just started. Sean Cunningham's appeals to the lawsuit with Victor Miller over Friday the 13th. Is, that judgment has come down. We'll talk about that. So there's a lot of news to talk about on that classic wrestling memories will be dropping later this month where we're going to review Hall- halloween havoc 1989 which was the, very the first, first halloween havoc so mm-hmm. jeff peacock and you want to watch that before we review it you have at it and like you said you're doing you and mark will be doing 
uh, the next examining the doctor will be horror of uh, um, Fang Rock, which mm-hmm. I'm not a Nubian, but that title alone as a horror fan, thumbs up for me. So we got a lot of stuff coming. Mm-hmm. Did I miss anything you could think of? No, no, I, I don't think so. So, and, and if you're listening to us for the first time, we are geeklerradio.com. We are on a social media, Facebook at Geekville Radio and Twitter at Geekville Radio and Train. You have your own uh, social media on Facebook, on uh, Twitter. If people want to get a hold of you, where can they find you? Senator, uh, always find me on Twitter at CrazyTrain underscore JB. That is my handle across most social media platforms, at least the ones that I have accounts for. So reach out to me. Twitter is just the one that I use the most. So you can, you can always find me on there. I'm also an administrator on the Examining the Dead Facebook page. That one's getting some more likes, much like Classic Wrestling Memories. Uh, I'm doing, once again, what I do every year, what, the third year I think we've done it now, where every day I'll be posting the trailer to a lesser-known or underappreciated horror movie. So we're up to date. Tomorrow I'll be dropping day 13. On my personal Facebook, I've been uh, dropping videos every day of horror-themed music, which, did you not say Seth is going to take those and also going to put those on, on, on the Geekville uh, Radio Facebook? Yeah, well, yeah. uh, Well, I'll put them on the Geekville Radio uh, website, and then I can probably just link them uh, to the Facebook. But yeah, they will basically be all collected in one. Yeah, I have a playlist on Spotify, which is also Crazy Turner Score JB, called Halloween Time. Y'all, it is my oldest playlist that gets added to every year. It's a plethora of Halloween. Everything that I'm posting daily on my personal Facebook, it comes from that playlist. It's it's on that playlist, so. Seth said seems to be enjoying it, commenting on some of the music too. And it, am I lying when I say it's all over the place with the different genres, styles, and time periods? Oh yeah, absolutely. But I'm I'm eclectic myself with my with my musical taste, so it's perfectly fine with me. We've got stuff like classical composers like Modest Bodorsky's Night of Ball Mountain, all the way up to like Rob Zombie's Dracula and everything in between. <laughs> if that gives you any idea of how eclectic a uh, playlist it is. And if you kind of want to get a, a feel of how that playlist is, follow the, the, the website, follow my personal Facebook, or check it out on Spotify, Crazy Train underscore JB. The playlist is called Halloween Time, y'all. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of Geekville Radio. Thank you, folks, for listening. Uh, leave your feedback. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Give us a review. I like reviews, especially when they are genuine. And uh, we'll talk to you folks again next time. Radio is not sponsored or endorsed by any products or services unless specifically stated. The views expressed by the hosts and or guests do not reflect the views of GeekvilleRadio.com, the Wrestling Brethren podcast, family, or any of their affiliates. Some media used in Geekville Radio is the product of their respective copyright holders, all rights reserved. Yeah, booing comes with the territory. <laughs> Boo! Boo! Boo!